Hello, my name is Sharon Kugler and I'm the Yale University Chaplain, and this is Time for the Soul. My guest today is Reverend Vicki Flippin. Vicki is the pastor at First and Summerfeld United Methodist Church, right across the street from the main chapel at Yale University, and also leads the Progressive Christian Student Group. Um, Vicki, I'm so happy that you could be with us today. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. This is fun. We're coming off a global pandemic that's been fraught with huge collective loss and individual struggle. We're recording this at week four of the Russian invasion of Ukraine, and we still struggle domestically, globally, with so much unrest and upset. And ministry has just been uh, a kind of vocation that has uh, it, it has many new facets in this um, recent time. And I'm I'm wondering how do you as a minister bring yourself back to life when you're serving so many? Mm. Um I think especially during the pandemic, um home life has become really important <laughs> to me. So I f- I feel like my kid and my dog are really helpful in putting everything into perspective. Um and also the flowers that I remember at the very beginning of the pandemic, this is just coming to me um, this spring, how the f- the flowers seemed to defy everything that we were experiencing because <laughs> they were just like, it's spring, we're going to bloom. Um, so I think, you know, and the, the dog doesn't care how much work I'm getting done or not. Um, she doesn't care like what... Uh, little issues I'm having in terms of like our care of our building and, you know, how, um, how well I feel like I'm, how well prepared I feel like I am for Sunday morning. Like she just doesn't care. She just wants to like go for a walk and um, lick my face. And uh, my kid similarly, like she's just like full of joy all the time, no matter what's going on in well, not all the time, let's be honest, but <laughs> a lot of the time, um, no matter what's going on with my my work things. Um, so they those are the things that really have kept me grounded, I think, during this, during all the chaos and trying to care for people through through everything that's going on. I've heard similar insights um, through the course of this podcast that people really are grateful for the things that don't know what's going on, <laughs> be it children, pets, or even the flowers. And that sheer force of nature and growth that you see in children um, is the thing that feeds you. Yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> I also wonder about ancient ancient texts, ancient sacred texts, too. You know, there's some perspective there um, that uh, this isn't the first time that things have been horrible and and challenging for humanity. That's so true. And um, for me, you know, I'm a weekly preacher, um, unless I get somebody else to do it. (laughs) But uh, I find that to be a really nice spiritual practice. I know it won't be all my life, but um, for for this season to have um, to have some a community holding me accountable to sitting down and looking at these texts and what they have to say to us and how they how they need to comfort us and how they need to discomfort us um, because, you know, no matter what's what I'm feeling, I have to 
make some meaning out of it <laughs> and say it on Sunday morning. Yeah, it's a it's a particular burden I think that um, preachers have, and yet it has a lo- it's a spiritual discipline for sure in and of itself to sort of uh, force you to to be grounded in the in those texts and to find some something to bring to the light. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't normally want, sometimes I would just want to sit and kind of watch Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to figure out something to say. And it's a really nice discipline, yeah, to be held accountable to (laughs) thinking about processing what's going on, processing what other people are feeling and what I'm feeling and trying to say something honest about it. Uh, it is a good discipline. <laughs> yeah, well, the honesty is key, too. Um, let me ask you another question. How do you help someone understand their worth as a human being? Mm, yeah. How do I? Well, I was hearing, I, I was listening to Maytal's <laughs> conversation <laughs> and I loved what she was saying about um, made me think about how we how we approach our students with this question, and um, I've been thinking a lot about how the world defines our worth, and um, you know the, these capitalist structures and pressures, and even the way that the academic institutions define our worth, and then like set us up to think that that's what what our worth is based on in our professional life um, and the habits that that um, the habits that that kind of philosophy uh, and worldview uh, those the habits that we we do to live into that, um, especially like when we're in academia and being shaped by these elite institutions. Um, I, I went to college at University of Chicago and then came to Yale Divinity School um, straight after. And, you know, I in in your life as a student, you're thinking, well, my uh, the most important thing is that I come to class or write the paper um, acting like I know what I was supposed to know. You know, even if I didn't have time to read it, I I needed to read enough to be able to act like I know something. And what's most important is like how you're perceived, um, how smart you're perceived to be or how insightful you're perceived to be. Um, And everything else comes second. um, And you're even doing your self-care so that you can do that better. Um, And so I think that that leads us to have these life habits while we're students where, you know, the dirty little secret is that you can't do all the work. Like there's, it's just like impossible to That's have a healthy right. life and do all the work. And, but you, but you do it. So you work and work and work and you think that you're supposed to do all the work. Um, and yeah, again, like, any self-care, any taking care of yourself is for the purpose of, of doing more of the work. And so why do we, why do we think that people who are enculturated into that, those kinds of habits in their academic life are not going to take those into their professional life after 
and I saw that in my in my life um, at, when I became a professional. Like I still felt like that was the measure of my worth. I still felt like that's what um, I was supposed to be doing, and that self care was for the purpose of me accomplishing those things um, and being perceived as smart and insightful and good. Um, and I think, yeah, what what we need to do is, I think, make students and the people that we interact with aware of that, the the patterns that we get into, the habits that are forming in those environments, and to say, this is not sustainable. This is not actually what your worth is based on. And um, I think spiritual life and religious community is really good at that, um, to remind students like that there's a whole other world outside of this and um and part of your work in this time of your life is not just to work 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 and be perceived well but it's mm-hmm. also to, or not just to like gain academic um knowledge but it's also a great time to like work to be working on your own wisdom <laughs> and learning uh learning how to have habits and practices that will remind you of your worth and remind you that this isn't what's most important. And just to remind you of why you do this work and that the work isn't the most important, but the purpose is, you know. Yeah. And I love the working on your own wisdom, discovering your own wisdom. I think um, our students, they really have a deep exhale when we say to them, we're not evaluating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this conversation, this contribution you're making to a discussion and, you know, whether it's scriptural study or some moral issue that's that's um, getting talked about, it's you're not being graded mm-hmm. on how you are expressing yourself and what you're thinking. Um, and that exhale is just, uh, it's so profound because it just feels like this sense of relief. I could just be me and not be perfect or even try. Yeah. Yeah. I think even, um, I'm thinking about during the pandemic with our student groups, I, I know all the student groups have struggled and, um, Yale progressive Christian students has really struggled to get students to come, especially during the zoom period, but even after it's, it's been rough and it's been, good for me and for me to realize this for myself and to put it in perspective for our student leaders that, you know what, it's okay. There's, there's nothing really at stake here, (laughs) you know, other than just like (laughs) our well-being and being fulfilled in this mission of getting to sit with other trusted folks in a, in a community that um, wants to talk about progressive Christianity together. And if it's just the three of us, it's fine. (laughs) Nothing, nothing's going to (laughs) happen. Your grade is nobody's like looking at how many people are coming to our gatherings. Um, there's no, yeah, no evaluation here. It's okay. And, and let's find the value in, in going through these pandemic years in relationship, just the few of us, you know, that is so valuable. And awesome and we we're becoming wise together and that's what matters. 
Yeah, it's what's needed. It really is. My last question uh, is, what is that special spark in this work for you? Uh, um, I'm thinking of the work of working with students. Uh, and for me, it's like the time of your life when you're a student is often a time when you're just open to the world when you have this attitude of uh, and this intention of learning, of absorbing, of trying to also kind of like fig- figure out what your mark might be, what your purpose might be in life. And when you think about that, you know, as an adult who's been adulting for, you know, more than a decade, um, I feel like that's such a precious time because we don't always have that openness to the world um, when we're out like paying our bills and doing our, our work, our, you know, our career stuff. Um, So I just love interacting with people who are in that stage of life where their purpose is to learn and transform and be transformed and transform things around them. And, you know, it's just such a rich time and, it helps me to open myself to um, a little more to that. And and it helps our church community to be more open to like, we get to learn about new things going on in theology and what students are learning, you know, at the undergrad, all these, all these cool things that, that they're learning about archeology span and about, you know, all economics and just random things that they're learning <laughs> that they're willing to share a little bit with us. Um, as a church community full of like people who maybe aren't in that time of, of their lives. Um, but it's just so fun, uh, to be with folks in that precious, you know, um, time of potential. So that's the spark. That's what I, I really enjoy about, um, about this work. I think about the piece, you know, the, promise, possibility, potential. It's all being in that proximity of, of that. Yes. Another P word, the proximity, but it, it really is, it is quite a blessing and it keeps us, I uh, mean, you're still young, but it feel like it even keeps me feeling young. So Vicki, thank you so much for joining us today on Time for the Soul. And thank you so much for the work that you do with our students. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks for your leadership of all of us. Time for the Soul is produced by Ryan McAvoy, created by Sharon Kugler, Maytal Satiel, and Sean Mignon. Our music is by J.P. Durvin. This has been a production of the Yale Broadcast Studio. 